The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Be more aware of what is it that is happening. That versus our automatic pilot. I think we, we know, all of us have that experience of just doing things because, isn't it? It's habits and patterns and... It, it's so easy just to default to relating to life in that way. So with the um, with mindfulness meditation, what we want is get intimate with our own life. So we, we don't want to be watching our life, imagining our life, thinking what it should be, what it should have been, things like that, but more present to what is it that is going on. And during these four weeks, um, I love the way Tanya presents the introduction. It's like concentric circles. So we have the breath in the middle. So we basically start there with the breath in the middle. Um, why the breath? I think it's accessible to all of us. There's this quality of coming and going is very attractive to us humans, like that nice rocking movement of the breath. It, it's calming, like uh, if you hold babies, that tendency to rock the baby. It, it's something that is very appealing to us human beings. And we have it right here, right now. It's always with us. And we want to bring the attention, not about thinking, oh, the air going through my nostrils and the oxygen being taken by the red blood cells. It's, it's not about that. It's really, how does it feel when this body breathes? Getting very intimate to know how it feels when this body is breathing. So sensation, this physical sensation of the breathing. Um, sometimes the breath is not accessible to everybody. It could be accessible sometimes and some other times not for whatever reason, uh, because we're stressed out, because, um, I don't know, there's some trauma involved, that there's many reasons why we cannot go to the breath. So there's always good to have another um, kind of anchor point. That would be the breath, our observation, where we stay. I like to picture the idea of an helium balloon, uh, with this, um, a string attached to maybe a rock and on the floor. So it can be moved by the wind, but it just stays in place. So the breath for me is a little bit like that. Um, but it can be the sensations in the hands or the sensations in the feet. So it's some bodily sensation. Um, sometimes the sounds around you can be very grounding, uh, can really help us uh, get out of this crazy mind going back and forth. Uh, while the body is here, uh, the mind goes everywhere, time travel. And then that takes us to the body. <clears throat> the next circle is the body. Sensations, uh, kind of the language of the body, uh, the intelligence of, of the body. Uh, last week I was mentioning this idea of the the second brain in our uh, digestive system, all these nervous cells that are layering our from basically from the throat to the rectum. 
there are these nervous cells connected to the brain, but also being able to work by themselves. It's part of our nervous system. So there are sensations that are informing us of what's going on. Uh, and so we want to get very familiar to what's happening in our body, listening to our body. After that, we went, next circle, we expand to the emotions. And emotions or moods can be so tricky. And uh, all range of emotions, every emotion, every mood is part of that observation, is part of the meditation, the mindfulness. Um, if I, I was thinking, um, there is this book, um, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. <laughs> like, if you have a grazing zebra in the savanna and um, um, a lion comes up, like, the animal will react and just, so all these um, chemicals in the body, electrical signals will happen and the animal will fly. And then when danger is gone, okay, I'm going to start grazing again. But as humans, uh, we don't do that. So we get activated and then we start thinking about it. So an stimulus, an, an emotion, something that will last, let's say, 60, 90 seconds for us, can last days. <laughs> so that's when bringing mindfulness can be so, so helpful. Um, it's not only emotions can be triggered, not only by what's happening right now, but memories, projections, things like that. And then, obviously, that brings us to thoughts, thinking. There's a strong relationship between thinking and emotions, how we think about our emotions, um, it's going to feed our own emotions, and how we think is going to color the way we see what's happening around us. So there's this kind of this loop between all these emotions, thinking, and how we relate to the world. So like, okay, so maybe we can do something about it and uh, start maybe responding, start finding that possibility of not reacting uh, the way we have always had because of habits and patterns, the way we were raised, the way we work. Anyway, so many things that start creating those automatic pilots. And we start seeing that there's a choice to the way we respond. Um, yeah, so I think in a, in a nutshell, that's it. And today we're going to we went, like, last circle is open awareness. And how can we bring this practice to daily life? That the being mindful is something that not only happens on the cushion. It's something, it's a skill that we can bring to our daily life. So we're going to be talking about that today. So questions or, and maybe, uh, if did you practice during last week, if there were any questions about the meditation of the experience or any question about what I just said, comment. There's um, two microphones. Please um, pick them up and help each other with them if people want to speak so we get it on the recording. Jake, I'm just curious. I know a little bit about Caroline, so I'm just curious if you've ever been to IMC before, if you have a practice, if you, 
if any of this is making sense to you. I know Suzanne's yeah. been here the last few weeks. I've not been here before. I've been meditating for a little over a year now. Okay. Okay. Just found out about IC from a friend. Nice. Yeah. Well, welcome. Thank you. I'm Tanya. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. I'm Sandra. Welcome. Oh, and we didn't have you speak into the mic. Oh, oh well. <laughs> um, great. Yeah. So, I don't, does that make any... Suzanne yeah. looks like she's going to... Oh, you're not? Okay. <laughs> great. Putting... I did have a question. Can you use that mic? It left my brain. It left your brain. The question left your brain. Take, just pause. It's okay. We're, we can take our time. Press and hold till the light green light comes on. Um, sure. I think that's working. Okay. Is that working? No. Hello. 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 That one. That one is working. Yes. Yeah. Um, you're talking about reacting and changing kind of the ways that we may react as we move through these different rings. And um, it's something that I'm starting to notice happening, Mm -hmm. but it's also that I notice other people notice (laughs) that I'm reacting differently and sort of that uncomfortability um, just with you're not acting like you normally act or Mm -hmm. you know um, what's wrong or why aren't you responding Oh, Um, so what you're saying is so you're noticing that option that you have that choice that maybe it's another way to, to to respond, and other people is noticing. And um, what do they say? Uh, um, just did you hear? Did you hear what I said? You know, just sort of not not knowing about the non-responding portion of it. And I guess I'm just not sure how to act in that situation. <laughs> Because um, that, that puts me back into like mm. that fear kind of feeling of just, okay. oh, I did something wrong. Oh, um, okay, okay. And how, how so, so that reaction that you're having is more to them telling you, why aren't you responding the way you usually do? Yes. Basically? Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think would be a good answer to them. What is, what is happening in your mind? Before you get to reacting to what they're saying, uh-huh. why, why, what, what are you doing? Um, I mean, I'm thinking, great, yay. <laughs> okay. Um, but not feeling confident enough to say that or like I'm feeling, you know, Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I'm changing or saying that aloud, but that being perceived as I see. maybe not 
threatening, but just mm-hmm. presumptuous. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. So some, some, w- something between those things. I'm, I'm going to put words in your mouth and Please you tell do. me if that makes sense <laughs> or not. So it's like, oh, it's not that I'm not responding. It's um, I'm trying to process what's happening now. Like, give yourself that space and, and, like, protect that space that you're finding. Okay. It's like, hmm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm processing what just happened, for example. Okay. It's not that I'm not paying attention to you. It's just I need some moment here to, to process. Okay. Yeah. That's or, so simple. I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that, that, that even create an opportunity for... An exchange. Mm-hmm. And I think we always, a choice is like, you know, I really don't want to engage right now. I, I don't feel that I can do it in a skillful way. I, I think I need a little space. Mm-hmm. We, we have that choice too. Mm-hmm. We forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, Tanya, what, do you have anything? It looks like that feels like a good option to you. To be able to say, I'm processing. Yeah, or just, you know, get a little time with that. You know, Great. Give a little space for mm-hmm. it. Um, I think that's more acceptable than me trying to stumble over my reaction and trying yeah. to force it. And, okay. yeah. yeah. And in a way, you think judgments that people have on the way we act, we respond. Is there a problem? <laughs> I don't want to be, it's not like we, we want to relate on that, but it's like you cannot control that. You can only control what you do. And, and if you need space, protect that space. We, we need our boundaries, healthy boundaries, I think. Thank you. Thank you. My sister and you I. You got to hold it close. My sister and I don't get along. So my sister and I don't get along very well. Um, We try, but then it always ends up, you know, not getting along. Um, But my mom is in a nursing home now. And um, so a while back, she sent me something, and I read it, and then I responded and gave her a compliment. And she automatically reacted to that compliment and yelled at me in text, not on the phone, but she yelled at me in the text and I could see it. I could see her changing from being in the green zone to the yellow zone. That's all the polyvagal theory, right? And, uh, and I was like, wow, I've never seen it in action, right? I know I do it, but I've never seen it. So then I, I had to write to her and back to her and say, I was giving you a compliment. It wasn't anything bad, and uh, but yeah, it was it was interesting to see somebody else's reaction to me being nice to them, and uh, yeah, so it it helps me think like okay, I need to be this way all the time, so I'm not being that reactive person. So there's just a way to yeah. learn. I think it's nice that you can notice that. Yeah, and um, it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, but I know. I know it's <laughs> yeah, and also I think think that you you have been there in that position, yeah. like oh I like oh I know how that feels, and maybe that will help you respond to your sister in a 
with with more care, uh, like Ooh, I know I know where you are, and and we don't need to say you correct them or anything, but just that ability to know how she's feeling because you have been there, um, it, it it's a great opportunity. Well, well, right now today, I need I need to respond to her on something that I feel used on. So I've been holding back, and and think and I sent it to my therapist, I sent it to my husband, like, what do you think I should do? <laughs> and uh, both of them came back, you know, saying, you know, the therapist is like, like what what would make little Suzanne happy? So, you know, because it's my sister, so it's, it has to do with childhood stuff. And then my husband's like, you know, I don't think you should get involved in this at all. So you have to tell her you're stepping away in a nice way. So we have to sit down. I have to craft something that's nice so she doesn't get offended. And, you know, it's hard because she gets offended by anything I say. That's my answer. So hopefully here, I'll, hopefully here I'll learn something that I can do in the letter. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Susan. So we, we've really been starting, you know, talking about mindfulness in daily life here so far, right? And um, it's a big practice. It's a big practice to do, to bring it in and to find. Um, I like the Buddha's teaching. You know, you said you want to be careful with what you say, but, you know, we can't really control what other people do so much, right? But, but I love this guidance. Don't do anything that will harm yourself, others, or both. So that as you're trying to navigate these delicate communications, don't forget yourself. Don't forget the other, but don't forget yourself. You know, and that there's no one else besides you that is t- is tasked with taking care of you. That's that's got to be a priority for you, right? And taking care of your mindfulness staying aware and connected to what's going on for you can help you be mindful as you move in the world and as you encounter situations that could potentially be difficult for you or for others. Yeah. Um, I wanted to offer one other practice for you um, to bring into daily life, and then we'll move into kind of open awareness practice. Um, if 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 there's interest in learning about that practice tonight, um, so not only do we want to be mindful in daily life, but actually it it's nice to be compassionately mindful, kindly mindful. So I'm going to guide you through something just sort of to help you. Exp- kind of understand a little bit more of what I mean, okay? And um, we're going to just work with sound as we're very fortunate somebody's here to fix the door that just broke. So Um, so part of what can help build our practice is actually to start to establish routines that are daily routines that we do every day and we do with mindfulness, So things like brushing teeth, making coffee, getting in the car, parking when you get home, stopping at stoplights, 
walking through doorways, picking up your phone, turning on the computer. Like these are things that we do throughout the day. And light switches. We can start to create routines with um, that are mindfulness reminders and that we do something with mindfulness. So for this exercise, I'd like you to think about choose one activity that you do every day it takes you know a minute or two maybe something like that to do making your bed or that you would like to that would be easy enough that you would like to do mindfully so just take a minute and choose what you want that to be Got something? Caroline's still contemplating. Oh, you have what you want? You know what you want to do? Okay, great. So I'm going to invite us all to be um, mimers together. You know, mime it. We're going to, if you're willing to do something weird, it's actually really, really helpful to do this practice, but I want you to um, do the task... Like, I'm going to make a cup of coffee. So I'm going to get my mug, pull it down, put it on the counter, shut the cupboard. I'm going to get the coffee cone and paper. I'm going to scoop the coffee in. And then I'm going to get the hot water and I'm going to pour. Okay, so this is what I'm going to do. So um, we're going to all act out our morning routine that we want to practice. Okay? All right. Ready, set, go. And when you're gone through your activity, you can come to rest, no rush. Okay, great. Now we're going to do it again. And this time, I want to invite you to do it as if it really matters. As if every bit of this actually has importance, that you really want to be there for it. Ready, set, go.
Notice that difference. Great. And Jake, if you want, you can do your thing twice. Yeah, or three times, whatever. You can, because, you know, it's totally fine. This will be the last time. So this time we're doing it, being aware of what we're doing it as we're doing it, as if it matters. And... Like, we're taking care of ourselves. Like, with this sense of, I really want to be kind to myself. That this, what I'm doing, is part of taking care of myself. And I want to bring kindness to my experience. To give myself kindness through this action. Ready? Okay. Let's make our things, do our things. And just notice what that feels like now. Did it shift again? Did you notice something different? For me, I'll invite you, just if you'd, if you'd be willing to share a little bit about what you noticed different. And I'll say one thing as it went on. I was more aware of like smells and like, doing small little things like warming my coffee cup up before I made the coffee, you know, like just taking in the warmth of it. Like I was more receiving the smell and the experience that helped me be more present for it. So this is what my, one of the things I noticed. Anything you're willing to share? And uh, we should definitely capture this with the microphone. I noticed for the kindness, the last portion, that I really had to consciously feel it in my heart in order to actually feel it. Yeah. Like a felt sensation in the body. Yeah. So you you were able to feel, kind of connect to what it feels like to be kind. Yeah. And then that helped you feel it in the actions. 
Yeah, and it's also it was like a reminder. It wasn't like something that was just looping in my head, but it was like a felt action. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Jake. And and did it feel more nourishing in some way? What, you know, I don't know what your task was. I don't know if you want to share it, if you felt like if it changed a mundane task into a, a sweet task in any way or? Yeah, I think so. It allows me to engage with it more as an expression of self-love. Beautiful. Thank you. Anybody else want to share anything? Great. Caroline? Um, I would say probably the second time I did the most uh, expert job at Mm. it. And the last time I did the slowest and more soft job of it beautiful beautiful i can feel that difference yeah i mean i just i think there was a rigidity to that second time of like Mm. i am being mindful now i am being mindful oh i love it yeah the last time it was just like okay now we're gonna do this part more like trying to talk to a baby but similarly where i just had to keep reminding myself yeah it was not something that just naturally being kind to yourself I love it. Yeah. Yeah, and and that that sort of reminding is the sort of um the the mindfulness choosing to be present instead of falling back into the the automatic pilot. It's it is the nature of the brain and it is really important that the brain does this that it just takes over and we don't have to be consciously thinking about Everything we do, it wouldn't be possible. But in the same way, when that happens, there is a disconnect. There is a disconnect. And there is a difference between doing something because it really matters and doing it with our heart, right? Sometimes those two come together. But but without the heart quality, um, there's still a, a coolness or something that can really pervade our lives if we're always trying to do it right or trying to be mindful that has a effortful kind of quality that isn't for me as nourishing does that make sense so another i'll just give another simple practical tip here too which is the practice of loving kindness for me before communicating with somebody. So loving kindness practice, if you're not familiar, is typically taught using a set of phrases. May you be safe, may you be happy, may you be healthy, and may you be at ease. And there's a whole practice to it, offering it to yourself, to a benefactor, to a loved one, easy to love person, to a difficult person, to or we won't even call it difficult, to a a person where there's some challenge, maybe. Or, you know, um, and then to pop, you know, like broader categories, all women, all men, all humans, all all insects. You know, there's a lot of ways that we expand it so that we're offering it to the whole world, but typically starting with ourselves or our benefactor. 
But it's another way to help us approach whatever we're doing, especially relationally, with kind of more of the heart quality present. A little bit more of that out of the automatic or out of the trying to do it perfect. Bringing with ourselves a little bit more of this presence that that brings the heart with it. So, any thoughts or questions before we move to kind of exploring open awareness practice? No? Not for Jake? Not for Suzanne? Not for Caroline? Great. Did you want to add anything, Sandra? I love that exercise. Isn't that a great exercise? I, I just... I think it's a really powerful one. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. All right. So um, I'm going to um, talk about open awareness practice. And then Sandra's going to do a guided practice for us. And um, I'm going to ask you to employ your imagination um, for a moment here. And I'm going to talk about one of the important things is the kind of mind we bring to meditation. So um, I'm going to pull a flower out from behind my back. And you have to imagine the flower. (laughs) And um, the first one I'm going to pull out is a daisy. So here's my daisy. So just how big is it in your mind, right? How do you respond to the daisy? You know, is it a special flower? Is it a weed? Is it, you know, really a small daisy or a bigger daisy? Just what did your mind imagine in seeing it, okay? Now I'm going to pull out another flower. And this one's bigger. This is a bigger flower. So this one will be a rose. So see the rose and see it next to the daisy. And does it change how you see the daisy to have the rose there? Jake says yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now we have the rose and the daisy. And now... I'm going to pull out a third flower. And it's a California poppy. So now you have a California poppy, a daisy, and a rose. Did bringing the poppy out change how you saw the daisy? So this is what happens with the mind. We, you know, we, we compare, and when we have something that seems better or less better, it changes how we value each thing that we see, or how beautiful, or how appealing, or unappealing, or it changes based on the mind's concepts, the mind's stories and histories with each of these kinds of whether it's a flower or hair or 
a sweater, it doesn't matter. It's all hap- it's happening with all things. So when we're meditating, we want to invite ourselves to try and see each thing just as itself. Not bigger, not smaller, not better, not worse, not more appealing or less appealing, just kind of the rawness, this daisy. Just see it in its, you know, its rawness, just as this whatever daisy you imagined, or the poppy, or the rose, just letting each thing kind of have its own essence, its own qualities. So as we attend to our experience of breath, you know, we can know if it's a short breath or a long breath, but but not trying not to compare. And if we compare, noticing the comparing oh, this breath is too long or too fast or too short. You know, I want to breathe slowly and easily. I really wish I could breathe slowly and easily. Pretty soon, we're not really with the breath that's happening at the moment. We're thinking about the way we wish we were breathing instead. Right? You following me? Okay. So, it helps bring a freshness to our practice when we try and kind of see something like giving each of you each of us each moment its own uniqueness it's it's place on the stage right it's just it's just this thing that's right here right now and can we can we see it with simple eyes simple eyes not a lot of comparing or judging just try and see it for what it is so as we do the, the open awareness practice, it's really helpful for us staying present if we can try and just let each thing just kind of simply be whatever it is. So this is more kind of in the same way, but in, in different direct experience. So this comparing mind and the automatic pilot, both in a way kind of remove us a little bit from the directness of living. The directness of tasting or smelling or seeing what's happening. An open awareness practice. So, you know, Sandra talked about these concentric circles. And we really do try and teach it in this way because it's not that the first week we're asking, we're asking you to be practice with your breathing. Not because you're not going to still have a body, not because you're not going to have emotions or thoughts. Those things are still happening. But rather to try and preference our intimacy, cultivating intimacy with one aspect of our experience. So we get to know it a little bit better. We get to have more of a, I don't know, monogamous relationship with breathing for a week, right? Just trying to sort of be faithful to this one thing. So we start to know it better, feel it better, feel it more. And then we expand to the body, right? And then to emotions, 
And notice it gets more, more and more complex as we go. So that's another purpose, right? And the way our mind works is that it, it combines all of these things together to create one experience. The breath, the body, the emotions, the thoughts, right? Our projections, our fears, our expectations, our histories, all of it get kind of in the mind created into this one thing, right? And so part of meditation is unraveling things a little bit, loosening up the yarn, making more space between these different aspects of our experience, letting each thing have a little bit more room. And so after, hypothetically, after four weeks, each week we practice with each of these things and we get more and more um, sort of comfortable with these different domains, we move to open awareness practice, which is, that's when we finally come to the the vipassana, the, the standard vipassana practice, which is versus concentration, right? Concentration is staying with, staying with, like one thing at a time, the breath, the breath, the breath, right? Open awareness is more like sitting back, being upright, and then, oh, it's quiet right now. I'm not hearing the the um, hammering or whatever it is at the door, right? So I'm noticing the silence. Oh, then a little sound. Silence. You know, noticing the lights, seeing your eyes. So open awareness kind of allows different things, a thought, a memory, to come into awareness. One thing will be most, many things can be going on, but there'll be one thing that's more prominent than other things. And so we allow ourselves to notice that thing. Now, in the middle of it, we do try and have what we call an anchor. And that is, you know, do you all know what an anchor means? Do you have an anchor for your meditation? Okay. What's yours, Jake? The breath. Do you have one, Suzanne? The breath, yeah. The breath, yeah. And so the the anchor is sort of like, you know, we're... It gives us, like... Um, I, I really just like the simple metaphor of a sailboat, right? It's come into the bay. It drops down the anchor so that the boat, our consciousness and everything else, doesn't float out to sea, get lost in thought. So we have this anchor that is there kind of to tug or help us tug and stay with this present moment, with the flow of experience instead of just getting carried off into the, the thinking mind. So the anchor is something that we can keep coming back to like in between. When it's silent and there's nothing happening, the breath might be primary. And I'll be breathing, breathing, and then I'll remember something that happened earlier today. Oh, oh, thinking. Oh, no, I forgot something, right? And that'll become a huge, you know, emotional potential, potentially experience and you know, again, remembering the simplicity of trying to just, oh, it's a thought, it's a memory. Oh, and there's emotion. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> you know, just this simple kind of observing, and then it'll kind of fade, hopefully, right? Or some t- at some point, enough for you to go, okay, and back to the breath. <laughs> 
Back to the breath. Yeah. So this is open awareness practice. Any questions about that description? You feel ready to practice it with some a little bit of guidance, or do you want any more clarification? Susan? No? Can we get a mic? When you were talking about the anchor, I was thinking about when I first started to try to meditate. I tried to use the breath, but I couldn't because there was so much stuff going around in my head. Mm-hmm. But then I found Deep Deepak Chopra, mm-hmm. and he would say, "If you if things are going on in your head, then just say this to yourself, and would give you a mantra to say." Mm-hmm. And that was a really good way for me to. Um, to at least get through a meditation. And and so I, I started doing that every day. And uh, then when I started with the therapist, she goes, I want you to recognize those thoughts. And, t- you know, we need to talk about them. And uh, so then I couldn't use the, <laughs> the mantras anymore. So, But at that point, I had done it so long that I could actually pay yeah. attention to the breath. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, that's a different meditation tradition. But essentially, it's a concentration practice. And very often, it is useful to start a meditation with a little bit of concentration practice, especially if the mind is really busy. So that might be, in our tradition, it might be you count your breathing. You count up to eight or nine or ten breaths, and then you go back to one. And with each breath, you count. That's a very helpful, calming kind of practice. Some people, though, their minds get twisted up with that. So another option is the loving-kindness phrases, that that is a concentration practice. And so you can use that to help yourself ground and settle. It's very skillful to help the mind settle and essentially get disentangled from the day so it can start to rest in the present moment. Yeah. All right. So ready? Okay, Sandra. Uh, so let's let's bring a little bit of movement before we start. Maybe shoulders, head, like just oh, adjust your posture. Uh, and find a comfortable posture that allows you to be relaxed and alert. Let's take a couple of deep breaths. Inhaling by the nose and I invite you to exhale by the mouth. It's kind of an invitation. We're signaling our mind and body. Okay, we're going to meditate. Closing the eyes or lowering the gaze. And notice your body on the chair. Mm. 
the feet flat on the ground. Feel your spine tall, holding you. It's a strong spine, a strong back, but soft at the same time. So you can soften your front body. And as we enter more deeply into the meditation, maybe acknowledge that there's nothing to fix right now, nothing to change, nothing to plan, nobody to be, no place to go. We're going to come and see and feel our experience. And I'll invite you to find your breath, that part of the body where you feel it with more clarity. And even if you're used to placing your attention someplace in particular, take a little look around and notice where breathing is more clear. that place in your body where you can rest the attention, the awareness. like holding from a rail you're placing your attention there but you can also notice your body and we invite to soften the face the muscles around the eyes and the lips the jaw Letting the shoulders to get away from the ears. Allowing the weight of the arms to get those shoulders down, maybe a little backwards. Naturally opening, opening the chest and Maybe the breath becomes easier and clearer. 
And if the breath is not your anchor right now, just go to that place where you can rest the awareness and at the same time being aware of your body. Softening the chest and the belly. Sensing the weight of the torso, the hips, the buttocks and the upper legs. Noticing if there's holding in the belly or the paddocks or the tides. Like there's no place to go right now. We can release some of that holding. Moving down the knees, the ankles, the feet flat on the floor. And as you're staying with your breath, with the sensations of breathing, it's like sitting in a very comfortable chair. And there's a lot of stimuli going on around as if you were in the middle of a house with open windows and an open door. You may hear sounds. physical sensations, maybe some tension in the shoulders or a little ache here or there, like visitors passing by the windows, taking a peek inside and continuing their journey.
You may be able to see the hummingbirds like emotions that just come, stay for a moment and go away. Thoughts planning, remembering, but you still seated in that nice, comfortable chair, just resting on the sensations of breathing. Also noticing if you have expectations about what the meditation should be, what the experience should be. And only noticing, like, ah, that's another visitor passing by and going away. All visitors are welcome. Just coming and going. And if it gets too tiring, come back to the seat. Come back to your breath. What is it obvious for you right now? Thoughts. Emotions. Feeling tired, sleepy.
noticing. the taste in the mouth that ache in your body Remember, you have your nice, comfortable chair of the breath. Before we end, notice how you feel in the body. Notice what's going on in the heart. How's the mind doing? Recognizing any sensation of well-being or calm or groundness or agitation, restlessness. Whatever it is there, notice it, allow it. Maybe another visitor here and it'll just go away.
you for your practice. Thank you, Sandra. <laughs> so Sandra started by helping us connect with our breath and our bodies and sort of in a calming way, helping us, right, sort of come more present, more still. And then she invited us to feel into the breath, kind of like an easy chair, right? Lovely. And then, and then to see, kind of imagine our experience is we're in this easy chair in the middle of this one-room house with doors and windows open. And we can sit back and relax and sort of use the breath or the body to help us stay present while all these little visitors peek in the windows and come in the doors and rattle our, you know, pots and pans over our heads, whatever it is that they're doing. And then just just staying here, staying in this, this easy chair and allowing it all to come and go. So how was that for you? Anybody willing? Suzanne, right there. Great. Well, it was very calming. Closer. It it was very calming, and I felt myself dozing a little bit. (laughs) I had to catch myself. But it was nice that I saw so many things Mm -hmm. running around in my head, but I still felt calm. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a really nice feeling. How did it change things for you? Sorry. How did it change things for you that... You felt calm in the middle of lots of things going on. Um, I mean, normally I, I'm like, okay, go to sleep, go away. Right? But this mm-hmm. time it just like flew by and I saw it and then it was gone and, and stuff. So it was kind of nice. Beautiful. And mm-hmm. the things come and go on their own. Yeah. You don't have to shoo them away. Yeah. That was nice. Beautiful. Thank you, Suzanne. The idea of expectations was a good reminder for me. Um, I was like clinging on to what I wanted it to be at points, comparing to previous experiences instead of just allowing. And that was a nice reminder to relax. Yeah. There's a very nice quote from Joseph Campbell, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly what it says, but something that uh, we need to let go of what we want things to be so we can receive what's coming. Uh, I find that quite inspiring. It's been quite inspiring for me. And yeah, we, we do have expectations in meditation, especially if we have achieve those states where we feel calm or we like. We want to, we want it again. It also just reminded me of kind of the fragility of my practice mm. because I'm just at a certain point where I have like certain anxieties about the future that mm. I didn't previously have. So those are definitely coming up. Oh. And yeah, it's definitely a, the result of comparison. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And and if that happens, 
Uh, feel free to interrupt the, the meditation. It's, uh, yeah. Or just recognize comparison. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, but if you feel, if you become anxious, um, maybe opening the eyes. I said, okay. And maybe that allow you to, okay, I can come back. Just take care of yourself. Thank you. Caroline, would you like to say anything? I, I too, was in the gray zone. Um, really comfortable, wonderful gray zone where, you know, I'm still conscious, but, but just completely relaxed. Um, it's just, it's very different than, you know, I was, I was with my breath, I was with my breath, and then all of a sudden it was just, I was somewhere else um, mm-hmm. in that, whatever, and images would come up, and they would move on, thought, I wouldn't even say thoughts, just kind of ideas would, would pop up and then pass away. Um, definitely closer to dreaming, um, mm. but without the kind of randomness and complete disconnection from the body. That's mm. what I experienced this time, which is really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really nice, yeah. Yeah. You wanna say something, Tony? Um, I think that just to say, you know, Sandra's voice is very calming, right? Super calming. And um, and it can be really interesting to have dreamlike meditations like this, right? Um, and it's also possible to find cl- like a mind that feels a little more clear, um, and have the same capacity to sit back and kind of with this clarity be like the sharpness, even like I don't mean like pointy, but like clear. <laughs> oh. You know, like remembering. And the same kind of quality can be like, it can dissolve or, you know, just sort of, sometimes it's like just naming it, it just loses all, it's like, oh, I I was named, I'm just, there's no energy left in it. Like, so we can have these other ways of experiencing it with a little bit less haziness or grayness, you use the word gray. Um... So it can show up in a lot of different ways. But but taking the time Mm -hmm. the way you did was so beautiful to really take the time to to help yourself calm and ground and find the breath and feel the feet and find that upright. Like really makes a difference how we we start our practice. Can really help us. Yeah. Um, we are so used to not become that if there's always something that we need to do, something that we need to fix. It's like, okay, and, and something is expected from us. A response is, okay, do something about it. And 
approaching the meditation not as a project, but just as it, it's just a moment to be whatever it is. And yeah, a lot of stuff will come up in meditation, but remembering that it's possible to stay calm. Like, I don't need to react to that. I'm just watching it. Like, oh, there it goes. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, at least for me, it was a <laughs> not very intuitive. Like, all these thoughts, and I would just get so entangled with them. And, like, I forgot that I was meditating. Um, and Or falling asleep completely. It's like recognizing that, yeah, there's a state of calm that I can be. It's possible. It takes work, but it also brings such a relief uh, to the way we live, we used to live in the world. Yeah, I'm just thinking, too, about what you were saying to Jake, that it's okay to pause in your meditation, right? If you find yourself really entangled. And then you just start again. You bring that effort back like at the start of the meditation to, okay, maybe I need to do some breathing, count my breaths, feel my body. Um, over and over again. We just start over, over and over and over again. And if we can do that without some frustration or expectation it should be better, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Can you use the um, mic? Wasn't Noah mentioning that Noah? Is that was that his name? The other guy that was in the class, um, Ross. Russ. Is it Gus. 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 Sounds okay. Sounds like maybe that's it. I don't remember. But last week, wasn't he mentioning that he had to just wait and then try again his meditations? And then he would get a lot of stuff like in his head that was stressful. And then he would just wait. And then he would start again. And eventually he got there. So. Always starting over and over again. Yeah. And there are meditations where we sit and it's like, it's not a breath when you're already gone. And, oh, okay, let me come back. You're coming back all the meditation, all the 30, 45 minutes you're meditating. And the only thing you're doing is coming back. Sometimes it's like that. And, and that's fine. And that is just bring the, that quality of kindness. This is, it's okay. This, this is not a project. We're not trying to, uh, to be high achievers. It's like I'm just getting intimate with what's happening right now and knowing that my mind is everywhere is telling me something so yes whatever is there allow it to be there this we, we say this meditation is we bring an attitude of kindness of care like oh oh wow you are there today okay let's see what we can do and we come back again and maybe it's a matter of maybe I need to change my anchor. Maybe the bread is not so helpful today, and go to sounds or 
whatever else works for you. There's, there's not a fixed, it's not a, it's not a manual for meditation, A, B, C, and then check, check, check. G- give yourself that grace. Yeah. Um, Powell with you. Um, I am proposing, because of time, maybe we do a five-minute silent meditation. You like that idea? Just five minutes, and then we'll do some final suggestions and comments. Okay? All right.
I'd like to just do a very brief review of everything today. And then I'd like to talk about just a couple of things that are coming up to let you know. Um, that might be other practice opportunities for you. So we started with just sort of this overview, review of the course, the five-week course, and sort of how we teach it and these different aspects of our experience. And then I talked about comparing, you know, how, how having something in mind that we think it should be like changes our experience and how... Um, our values and stories we have about a daisy versus a rose versus a poppy changes how we see each thing independently versus when they're together. And the value of trying to just be present um, for things the way that they are. And the, the similarity between getting caught in comparing mind, where we stop seeing the essence of what's with us, And moving into automatic pilot, where we stop being fully connected to the present moment experience. Because there's this automatic nature that takes over and our mind will start wandering other places. And then there was the, the guided practice, like rehearsing a daily life event, just sort of rehearsing it. And then with this sort of as if it matters, which also could push us perhaps into some striving or perfection, and then with this heart quality. And the difference in each of these ways of all mindfulness, but there's a quality of mind that, and heart that can be balanced and help us, again, sort of in this more unfiltered way, be present for what's happening. And then we practice with open awareness and this idea of being able to sit back, feel at home with the breath, helping us kind of anchor or sit in an easy chair with the windows and doors open and the mind can dance. Memories can come, visitors can come and go and we can stay grounded and and present in this easy chair, right? Not having to push away or pull things toward us. I think that's a brief summary of all we covered in this evening. And then um, this Saturday, actually, um, Don Neal is going to be offering a half day embodying kind awareness. What a perfect thing to do this um, Saturday. It's like from 9 to 12.15. And then um, in... Uh, later this month on the 27th, I'm offering a half day mindfulness meditation like that's sort of like the Wednesday half day. So if you're familiar with that, no. So um, it's we come, um, there's a, a, a sit, a walk, a sit, and then we sit, clean the center together and we stay for lunch if you want to bring a lunch. It's quite nice opportunity to get to know Sangha members and care for this lovely place and I offer during the walking period I offer um, a group practice discussion if people want to talk about their practice instead of walking and then um, so that's just this month so you can always check the calendar and then next week I'm starting a three week um, series on utilizing the raft practice it's a mindfulness practice for being with present 
um, with being with our experience. So we'll take three weeks to explore that practice together. And that's Thursdays at 6.30. So now it's time to end. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>